0: Our praise, all glory and honor belongs to him. And, you know, we, we sing our our, little, our hymnal songs and we praise him and we, we worship him, you know. And, and just, you know, sometimes we just want to just, we need to. We just need to enter into his presence and just worship him and thank him and adore him. It's good to praise. It's good to, to sing songs from the hymn books. And it helps us to remember who he is and what he's done for us, and remember the hope that we have before us as we, as we walk this journey with the Lord, but it's so important to spend time just worshiping him, adoring him, thinking on the good things of God, meditating on his word, and, and just being in his presence and letting his presence work on you. In his, pres- in his presence. That's where we're healed. That's where deliverance is coming from. That's where that peace of mind comes from. It all comes from being in the presence of the Lord. Renewing our mind must be done in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. If you have your Bible, turn with me in uh, the book of Psalms, Psalm 130. Psalm 130. Psalm 130. Does everybody have a Bible? There should be a pew Bible there, but I know it's got really small print, so put your glasses on so you can see. That's a really small Bible print there. Psalm 130. Everybody there say amen. Oh, amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, we just praise you. We give you glory, Lord. We thank you, Father. You are worthy to be praised. Psalm 130. Everybody there? Yeah. Okay. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, if you, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning, for I say, more than they that watch for the morning." Let Israel hope in the Lord. For the Lord with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption. And he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Glory to God. All right, we're going to break this down just a little bit. Amen. So out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Now this is probably King David writing. And he's saying out of the very depths, out of the deepest, darkest trials and journeys, the things that we might go through, Psalm 130, verse 1. Psalm 130, we're doing verse 1. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee. How many times have you ever felt like you were in the depths? Like you were in the pit. Like you were in the, you know, maybe you felt like Jeremiah. You were down in the muck in the mire and you just nobody cared. and Nobody could hear you and you're just... Nobody is around, and you're all alone and lost and undone, but, but you know, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just open my mouth and, and say something to the Lord, or maybe if I could just utter a prayer to the Lord, that he would deliver you, that he knows, we know, we must know, that he knows that every single thing that we go through, no matter how deep, no matter how dark, no how, how matter how far we might even stray, God forbid, no matter what we're going through. Some of y'all probably already been there Where you're sitting in the hospital and your loved ones, and the doctor's not giving any hope or they don't know the left from the right of what's going on with the person that you love. You've been praying and seeking God and nothing seems to be changing. And then in a moment, just a moment, like a snap of a finger or a blink of an eye, the Lord lets you know that he's heard your cry. Everything changes. Your outlook changes, your persona changes, your your countenance changes, your hope has been ignited. Amen? It's like gasoline was added to the fire. Because why? Because the Lord has touched you and intervened in your life and let you know that he's going to touch your loved ones, or better, or even so, that you're going to be okay. I'm speaking from my own personal experience when Larry, my husband, was in the hospital and they were running all these tests, and they had a, a list—I I kid you not—it's this long—of all these things they kept trying to say what was wrong with them, and everything they would bring to me, I'd shake my head in the name of Jesus, and I'd say, "No, that's not it." No, in the name of Jesus. And they just kept coming back, and they'd run more tests—blood tests, and scans, and CAT scans, and MRIs, and blood tests, and every other kind of test they could run. And they kept saying, "Well, it's this, and it's that, and it's this," and they—they they had me wear a gown and a mask, and. And this was back before COVID. And they, they said, well, did you go out of the country? And we said, no, we haven't been out of the country. Well, we can't figure out what's wrong with him. He's got some kind of disease. Nobody could come to his room. His, his daughter, his sons, nobody could come up there. His sons and daughters couldn't come in. We had one young man, um, one of our Navajo sons. That's how we, we, He's like a son to us. And he came in. He said, I don't care. <laughs> I'm going in there. And he went and he came in and he sat with us and he took me and got me some uh, food and something to drink and he brought us back and he came up and he, he prayed and he stayed with Larry for a little while. And he didn't catch anything, amen? And well, I never caught anything. I was in the room with him the whole time. I never caught anything. And, and they started checking stuff off the list. Well, it can't be this and it can't be that. Now, I, I really believe they finally just decided to make up something. But in the middle of it, me, from my, cause my standpoint. I'm in there, and I'm praying for him, and I'm laying hands on him, and my daughters and my sons praying, and my adopted sons, your Christian brothers in Christ, are praying, and and churches are praying everywhere. I mean, we had ministers come from hundreds of miles away come into the house before he went to the hospital, lay hands on him, and pray for him. And uh, I'm sitting there. Somehow I I found this room in the hospital. It was a big empty room, like a meeting room or something, and it looked out over the property there in Gallup. And I sat down, I put my praise and worship music on, on my phone on the floor, had my Bible on the floor and I just sat down and started praying, just worshiping God just me and the Lord in that place just me and the Lord, just worshiping just worshiping and the Lord brought me to a place to let me know that no matter what happens to your earthly husband, no matter what happens to Larry you're going to be okay I'm going to bring you through this You let go and let me have him again. (laughs) You know, step out of the way. So when he let me know that I was fretting over things that didn't need to be fretted over, and I didn't know I was. I really didn't think I was worried about those things. But God knows what you don't know. Amen? And so he let me know, you know what? You're going to be okay, and Larry's going to be okay, and the kids are going to be okay, and the ministry's going to be okay. Just trust me. And so I just put my hands up and began to worship the Lord, just began to praise the Lord. In that time, the phone rang in the middle of my worship. The phone rang, and I looked down. It was a South Carolina number, and I answered it. And that was somebody I had never met before who was calling about our, our ministry. She would seen us on Facebook or something, and that began a wonderful blessed relationship with some other people that we had never met before that God brought into our lives at the right time, the right place, the right people. Amen. So I praise God. What David's saying here in verse 1 is in the very depths. Remember, there's another place where David said, even if I made my bed in hell, you were there. No matter how far deep down and dark it seems, God knows where you are. God knows your very situation and he cares more than you care. You think nobody cares, but he cares more than you do. Amen? Isn't that good? Amen. He cares more about your loved ones than you do. We fret, Amen. we wring our hands, and we cry out to the Lord. We stay awake all night, wondering and running all these ideas through our heads. What could happen here? What will happen there? And God already knows. Amen. That's why he said, I will lay my hand on my pillow at night, and my sleep shall be sweet. Amen? Amen? Because he gives us that kind of peace. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Some, some, in some ways, you think you know, you're laying there, like one of Larry's words is miserate. <laughs> you're miserating on your pillow. You're rolling back and forth. You're, you're miserable. You're tormented with your own thoughts, maybe, with your own things that you're going through. Maybe you said something you shouldn't have said. <clears throat> or per a conversation we had earlier today, maybe you didn't say something you should have said. Those, are, those would be things we need to repent of. Amen. Amen? Amen? When God tells you to speak something and you don't speak it, you need to repent. Amen. When you have a conversation with someone and maybe the conversation gets a little heated and you forget to say, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. You forget to tell them how much you love them, that you didn't mean to hurt them with your words. Those are things that are unspoken that you need to repent of. Amen. When we miss God, we need to repent of it. It's sin. And we should lament over that. We should be sorrowful over that. Just as sorrowful. You know, when you you read the book of Jeremiah, you read the book of Ezekiel, you read Isaiah, they lamented, Daniel, they were lamented for the kingdom. Not their own personal sins. They were lamenting for what the the body was going through. What God's people were going through. How they took themselves out of the covering and the protection of God's hand. They lamented. And the same way, when we step out of God's will, we need to lament over it. We need to cry out to Jesus. We need to cry out to the Lord. We need to repent. Just because we're Christians doesn't mean you stop repenting of sin. Amen? That doesn't mean that you continue in sin, God forbid. Amen? If you know me, that's my thing. I, that's how I preach and that's what, I, that's what the Word of God says. That, we, we, I, that, that Paul said, I write these things unto you that you sin not. Amen? But if you do, we have an advocate with the Father. John. Amen? That we, we have an advocate with the Father. And we say you, he says, I tell you these things, not so that you continue in sin. God forbid. God forbid Jesus never intended us to accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, to be washed in the precious, precious blood of Jesus and continue in sin. As a matter of fact, he gives us grace that we can overcome sin, that we are overcomers. It's to he that overcomes will he give to sit at the right hand. Amen. Amen? Amen? Book of Revelation. So we cry out. We cry out to God. We cry out to God knowing that God loves us. We have this assurance that he hears us and that he not only hears, but he is willing to forgive. He is a God who forgives. He is a God who sees your depravity. He sees your shortcomings. He sees your love and your passion and your compassion. He sees the blood of Jesus where it's been applied. Amen? And he is willing to forgive. He's ready to forgive and to heal and to bring you back into right fellowship with himself. God wants to show mercy to every single one of us, no matter how deep in despair we are, no matter how much trouble you're in, no matter how deep of a hole you've dug for yourself. You know, when you get stuck in the mud there's a difference between getting stuck in South Carolina mud and getting stuck in New Mexico mud. When you get stuck in South Carolina mud, you can, you can get out. You can stick some sticks under there, some straw, some limbs or something. You can get out. You get stuck in this New Mexico mud, it builds up on your tires, layer after layer after layer. And then you've got the, all the mud that's stuck to your tires plus the mud that's, up that's on the ground. And the more you spin, the more mud you ap- apply to your tire. This sounds like sin, doesn't it? <laughs> and the more, the more you spin your wheels, the worse it gets. It doesn't, it doesn't dig down like it would in South Carolina, you go deeper and deeper, but you go deeper and deeper while adding to the problem on the tire at the same time. The next thing you know, it's bogged up inside the wheel wells, inside the, the suspension and everything. No matter how deep of a hole you dig yourself into, no matter how much mud and muck and mire you apply, God is still willing and ready to forgive when we repent with a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Cry out to Jesus. We have to understand a couple of things, a lot of things, but you know, it's really simple. When you really look at the Word of God, you really look at the basic gospel, the truth of Jesus Christ, that Jesus came to die for our sins, that whosoever will call upon his name shall be saved, should be saved. Amen? Should not perish and have everlasting life. But the Scripture also tells us to he that endures, will I give to over, right? To sit at right the right hand of Father. Another place he says that we must continue in this race from point A to point B, we have to continue, and to those that continue to the very end and to the finish line, that when we see Jesus and he says, well done, that's when we know. When we hear the Lord say, well done, my good and faithful servant, that's when we know that we have finished the race with patience, that we have Completed, completed our salvation has come Amen. to full circle, full salvation. Amen? Mm-hmm. Amen. But our God, no matter how, how far we are, or no how, matter how deep and how dark things look, if we'll call upon the name of Jesus, He will redeem us from all sin. Hallelujah. The blood? Amen. What's the scripture say? The blood of Jesus Jesus will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And now we're going to flip over to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. So he wants to redeem each and every person. Anyone who will call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. When we come with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, God will not despise. That is the sacrifice that he desires. It's a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And when we come to Jesus and we call upon the name of Jesus, we shall be saved. Redeemed from all sins. For the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Now, if you're in the book of Matthew with me, in the book of Matthew chapter 26, we're going to go all the way down to verse... 26 and pick up right there where they were having the, the Last Supper or the Lord's Supper or um, breaking of bread with the Lord there at Passover dinner. And so we're looking at verse 26. And we're just going to read all the way down to verse 28. <laughs> Matthew chapter 26. 26, so 26 and verse 26, chapter 26, verse 26, okay, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, take, eat, this is my body, and he took the cup, and he gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, drink ye all of it, for this is Is my blood, or it represents my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for the many, for the remission of sins. And I'm just going to finish verse 29. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Hallelujah. We're looking forward to that day. Amen. That's part of that blessed hope that we're looking forward to that day where we'll be with Jesus in the God's kingdom look at um back at verse twenty eight though coming from where we just came from where we saw where the Lord wants to redeem Israel and God's people from all sin he wants to redeem you from all sin amen so we look at verse twenty eight right here matthew twenty six verse twenty eight for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Jesus shed that precious blood on the cross, at the cross, on Calvary, at Golgotha. Amen. He shed his precious blood for you and for me. Amen. Amen. We give him glory. We thank him and we worship him. We thank you. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Glory you. to God. Why do we need forgiveness? You know, when we we're talking about different things today, we've been talking about different situations, the things that people go through. Why do we? Why do we need forgiveness? I, you know, sometimes we get really haughty. Even even as born again Christians, sometimes we think, "Well, it wasn't my fault. Why do I need to be forgiven? I didn't do anything wrong." But we do. If there's a situation between you and someone else, or you a situation between you and God, it wasn't God that moved, it was you. Amen? If you missed God, it wasn't God that jumped out of the way, it was you. <laughs> Amen? So we need to understand, even when we have conflict with people, that we need to repent too. That we need to forgive, have forgiveness and to forgive. To forgive or be forgiven. It's a two-way street, so we need that forgiveness. The Bible says, and I believe Sister was just talking about this, that the Scripture says that all have sinned. Amen? Amen. All have sinned. If any person ever tells you that I am sinless and I have never, ever in my entire life since I was born have not sinned, that they're lying. We all have sinned. We all have transgressed the laws of God and the ways of God. We've all stepped out of his will. We've all at some point told maybe some little what they call a white lie. A white lie is a lie still. It's still a lie. It's still a sin. We may have taken something into our bodies that God told us not to do. It might be in his word. It might have been the Holy Spirit saying, don't do that. And you did it anyway. That's sin. Amen. So we need to understand that we all have come short and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Forgiveness is necessary because we all have sinned. And the sin causes what? What happens when a person sins? What happens when a person sins? Get trouble. <laughs> death. Yeah. There is a way that seemeth right, and the end there way of is death. Mm-hmm. Scripture, that's what the Word says. Our sickness, comes upon them. sickness may come upon you, just like what the Bible says that when we take communion unworthily, that that's why we're sick so that's what you know When we come into the presence of god and we haven't repented we try to come in and, and try to act god and we try to act like christians we try to try to carry the cross so to speak and if what's going to happen is we're going to get sick because we're walking in disobedience is all sin due to disobedience not necessarily but it does all sin is due to sin that's how it got here that's how it came into the earth amen I'm not saying sin and that's why you got sick. I'm saying sin is here on the earth because... Sickness is here on the earth because of sin. Amen? Amen. It's part of the fallen state of man. It's part of... um, In the book of Genesis, you can go read about that. We need to understand that we do need forgiveness. That you... If you're born again... You already know the value of forgiveness. You understand the value somewhat of the blood of Jesus Christ. We know that we wouldn't trade anything else for our salvation. That we wouldn't trade anything else for the blood of Jesus Christ applied to our lives. Amen? Amen. You might think, well, what about my kids? If you ask me to lay down my life or to, to renounce Christ for your children, would you do that? I hope not. Because when you do, then you're taking them with you. You understand? So we have to stand up for the truth. We have to stand up for what we believe in. Because when we stand, they will stand. When they see your faith, it increases their faith. When they see you stand up for what is right and good and holy, then they will stand up for what is right and good and holy. It may not be in the moment that you want it to be in, but they will see it and they will come to it. Amen. Amen. Holiness, righteousness, godliness is attractive. It draws people to Him, not to you, but to Him. What sin causes is for us to be separated from God. What sin really causes is us for us to be separated from God. It is our sins that separate us. It is sin that causes us not to be able to hear from God. It causes us to get to fall further and further into darkness. The more, the, 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 the longer we stay in sin, the further we get away from God. The more we sin, the more mud's going to build up in our lives. The more muck and the mire, the deeper we're going to sink. Even if it's one sin and we refuse to repent of it, we continue to sink and sink and sink and sink. Amen? Get deeper and deeper and further away from God. So our sin is what separates us. Sin, I don't want to even say our sin. It is sin that separates people or humans from God. Amen. God does not want separation between us. He wants a close, intimate relationship. Amen? He wants us to be able to hear his still, quiet voice, just a little whisper, just a little nudge. He wants us to know him that well. So when we sin, it separates us. When a person, a human, sins, it separates them from God. That's not God's will for your life. It's not his plan. I've heard it said that sometimes it's good for you to sin so you can realize and understand the forgiveness of God. No, it is not. You have already sinned. (laughs) We all have, so there's no reason to go back into it, so that you can re, so that you can drag the blood of Jesus, the, the purity, and the goodness, and the holiness of God through the mud as people watch you wallow in sin. That's not going to help the gospel. Amen. What helps the gospel is when to see a person change and be repentant and be to turn into that new creature, and they see you never go back again. They see you go through trials and tribulations and things that you never said. You never backslid. You didn't go back to the bomb or back to the pills or back to the, the raucous living. You didn't go back to partying or back to depression. You went forward. Amen? And even if those things came around, you overcame them. You went forward. You said, no, I'm not going to stay there. I'm going forward. sin sins job sins purpose the reason the enemy in your flesh wants you to sin is to cause you to be separated alienated pulled apart from God why because that puts you in a position where you're can be brought under condemnation for there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus but in sin there is condemnation amen After condemnation comes the judgment, the wrath of God. Amen? We don't want that. We don't want that for our loved ones. That's why we tell them about Jesus. That's why we lift up the standard of Jesus Christ. That's why we want you to know about Jesus. If you're listening, we want you to know about Jesus, not because because we're self-righteous. No, but because he is righteous, because he is good, because he is loving, because he is kind. And he can bring you out of that bondage that you're in and set you free. And we want to see you free. Father, God wants to see you free more than you yourself could want to be free. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. How can we be forgiven? It's only through the blood of Jesus Christ. only because Jesus died on the cross. There's only one way. There's only one way. There's a song that just keeps kind of turning over my spirit. I don't know if it's in in which hymn book it's in or where it is, but it's Finding More Power Than I've Ever Seen, Learning to Lean on Jesus. I think it is in this book. That that when we learn to lean on Jesus, you can't lean on him unless you've made him the Lord of your life. Amen? You can't. It's, it's in Christ Jesus is where we find our strength. It's in Christ Jesus where we find power. It's in Christ Jesus we live and move and find our being in him. Not in anything or anybody or any place or any other power of the air. Amen? Those are deceptions. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. One of his favorite tactics is to deceive. There are so many religions in this nation, in this town. Maybe not in Waterflow, but (laughs) maybe not in this little community, but in this town. There are, actually. There are so many religions right here within a five-mile radius, literally. Religion, religion, different religions. You know, back in the way back in the day, you had your community, and your community basically everybody believed almost the same thing, right? Now there's something over here on that corner. You you could stretch a a line on the map, and less than a mile, there's somebody that believes something different. That's why this doors, this church is not packed full right now. It's because somebody right over here is believing in Mormonism, which is a religion, a a teaching, a book. It is not Christianity. Somebody else over here might believe in traditional native beliefs. Maybe they believe, in the, and even within that, there's different pockets. There's this kind and that kind this one. This one doesn't believe what that one believes. There's a, at least five different ones. And then you go to, and maybe there's somebody down the street that's Muslim. And maybe there's somebody else down the street that's Seventh-day Adventist and somebody that's Jehovah's Witness. And then, and then you get into the Christian denominations, and they say they believe the same thing but different. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by the Son. No one comes to the Son but by the Holy Ghost. Three in one. That's a three part partnership. The Bible says, The Bible says, He is a triune God. May not use that word triune. It's the, the Godhead. In him is the Godhead fully, the Trinity Godhead, the three in one, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I'm not, I'm not talking about any one thing right now. Because there's so many to talk about. There's so many things that are being told. There's so many lies that are being spoken about our Father God and about what the Word of God says. So many man-made twists and doctrines. God didn't bring it that way. The Bible doesn't bring it that way. It's so straightforward and clear that if we rely on the Holy Ghost Himself to lead us and guide us, if we rely on knowing knowing the Holy Ghost, if we know Him, see, as we make Him known and we make Him known because we know Him, if we would know Him. And know his presence and know his voice and know his word there would be none of these fallacies going around but because we have a brain a mind of our own and we want to think ourselves to be something more than we're not and we want to make up religion make up doctrines we want to have a form and a fashion we want to grow big mega churches we want to grow in number and money we want to have more money we want to have more kids we want to have this we want to have that And we're not looking at the soul. We're in the business of soul care. Pastors, we should be looking at the person's soul. Are your people growing exponentially in the spirit? Are you growing exponentially in numbers of how many people are sitting in the pews and how many dollars are in your pocket? What's more important? The soul. The soul of man is the most important. That's the job. That's our job description. As brothers and sisters in Christ, our bro- I, that, your job description is to care about the soul of your brother and sister. Mind, will, and emotions. We need to know that, that their soul has been set free. We need to know that we've led them to Jesus Christ, that we've done everything that we can, and we've been obedient to what the Spirit of God is telling us to do to bring them to the knowledge of Jesus Christ by the Holy Ghost. When we are forgiven, we are pardoned, we are set free. Our, the bill of sin that we couldn't pay is completely paid by the blood of Jesus Christ. As soon as we cry out to Jesus, as soon as we, all it is, when we cry out to Jesus, it's the same thing when we repent. We turn from our evil ways, we turn toward God and we say, Lord, I can't do it, I need you, Jesus. I need Jesus in my life, I need to be set free. I don't want to carry these burdens anymore. I don't want to walk in darkness anymore. I want to walk in the light. I want to be set free. I want to be free indeed. I hear the pastor saying, I hear the preacher saying that I can be pardoned, that my sins can be covered and cast into the sea of his forgetfulness, never to be brought up again, that, that my old wife can be washed away the old ways the old things that I did can be put behind me and I can look forward to a brighter day each and every day because I've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ because I've been set free because my sins have been pardoned canceled sent away God's forgiveness involves making of no account of the sin that has been forgiven I was listening to a song the other day on my on my music player and I forget who it was. But anyway, he, he says um, that when he came to the Lord and when he repented, when he cried out to Jesus, there were no, I told you so's. No, I told you so's. God doesn't say, see, I told you. When we come to the Lord and we repent, we come, I, man, I feel like I repented for two, three, three weeks, maybe a month or more when I got saved. This more and more stuff kept coming up. I kept remembering more and more things. And really, when I look back on it, it's like the Lord said, I already forgave you. You don't have to say all this. And I'm like, but I I just want, you know, I just wanted to, I just wanted to repent, wanted to give it all to the Lord. So I would call it out before the Lord. And he'd say, I forgave you. I forgave you. I forgave you. He never said, Divana, I told you so. You should have known. You should have done this, you should have done that, you should have known. He never did that. He said, I forgive you, my daughter. My handmaiden, I am well pleased. Amen? That's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God that we're going out these doors and we're going to tell other people about. We're going to tell them about the goodness and the love of God. We're going to continue. We're not going to be discouraged. We're going to continue. We're going to cry loud and spare not. We're not going to, we're, we, it's time to stop mincing our words. Amen? It's, stop, it's time to stop patting sin on the back. Amen? It's time to stop saying and making excuses for people. It's time for us to stop telling them it's okay, you're gonna be alright. Because if the truth is, if they don't repent and they die tonight, are they gonna be okay? Can we live with that? No. I don't want to live with that. I don't want to have that on my hands. The Bible says that we're to cry aloud, that we're we're like watchmen on a wall, and we need to tell them and warn them, and if we don't, then they're Will be on our hands. God help us to speak the truth. Don't mince your words. Don't sugarcoat it, as they say. Say it straightforward. Stay it just the way it says in the Bible, exactly the way that you, the way you, the, the Spirit speaks it in your ears. Say it that way. Don't. Don't mealy mouth it. Don't mush mouth it. Say it straightforward. Amen? This is a good word, what the Lord has given us today. If you're listening, you're under the sound of my voice, and you haven't given your life fully to the Lord, I beg of you to come, to come to Jesus now, to give your life to him now. If you're under the sound of my voice, you hear my voice right now, and you are a born-again Christian, pray for those that you know that don't know Jesus. Pray for those that you don't know that don't know Jesus. Pray for people everywhere. Pray, for, pray and intercede for them and ask the Lord to show you, to lead you to someone who needs to hear a word. Ask the Lord to put that word in your, in your mouth. If you are listening right now and you don't know Jesus, I ask you to to come. I invite you to come unto him right now. Come to Jesus. He's calling you. He loves you. And he will accept you right now. Come just as you are. Don't try to change anything. Don't try to fix anything. He will lead you through it. He will guide you through it. He will bring you and lead you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He will wash away all of your sins right here, right now. Call upon the name of Jesus and be saved. Just tell him all about it. Give it all to him. Repent. I come to you, Jesus, now, and I invite you, Jesus, into my heart. Wash me, cleanse me, make me whole, Lord. I am wholly yours. I give my life to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for making my life right before my Father God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Glory to God.